Homily 8, Part 2 of Homilies on Colossians by St. John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 8, Part 2 But why did he begin his list with fornication? For having said, Mortify your members which are upon the earth, he immediately says, Fornication. And so he does almost everywhere. Because this passion hath the greatest sway for even when writing his epistle to the thessalonians he did the same and what wonder since to timothy even he saith keep thyself pure and again elsewhere follow after peace with all men and the sanctification without which no man shall see the lord put to death he says your members ye know of what sort that is which is dead namely hated loathed dropping to decay if thou put anything to death, it doth not when dead continue dead, but presently is corrupted, like the body. Extinguish then the heat, and nothing that is dead will continue. He shows one having the same thing in hand, which Christ wrought in the labor. Therefore also he calls them members, as though introducing some champion, thus advancing his discourse to greater emphasis. And he well said, which are upon the earth, for here they continue, and here they are corrupted, far rather than these are members. So that not so truly is the body of the earth, as sin is earthly, for the former indeed appears even beautiful at times, but those members never. And those members lust after all things that are upon the earth. If the eye be such, it seeth not the things in the heavens, if the ear, if the hand, if thou mention any other member whatsoever. The eye seeth bodies and beauties and riches. These are the things of earth. With these it is delighted. The ear with soft strains, and harp, and pipe, and filthy talking. These are things which are concerned with earth. When, therefore, he has placed his hearers above, near the throne, he then says, Mortify your members which are upon the earth for it is not possible to stand above with these members, for there is nothing there for them to work upon. And this clay is worse than that, for clay indeed becometh gold, for this corruptible, he saith, must put on incorruption. But this clay can never be retempered more, so that these members are rather upon the earth than those. Therefore he said not of the earth, but which are upon the earth. For it is possible that these should not be upon the earth. For it is necessary that these should be upon the earth, but that those should is not necessary. For when the ear hears nothing of what is here uttered, but only in the heavens, when the eye sees nothing of what is here, but only what is above, it is not upon the earth. When the mouth speaketh nothing of the things here, it is not upon the earth. When the hand doeth no evil thing, these are not of things upon the earth, but of those in the heavens. So Christ also saith, If thy right hand causeth thee to stumble, that is, if thou lookest unchastely, cut it out, that is, thine evil thought. And he, Paul, seems to me to speak of fornication uncleanness, passion, desire as the same, namely, fornication. 
by means of all these expressions drawing us away from that thing for in truth this is a passion and like as the body is subject to any affection either to fever or to wounds so also is it with this and he said not restrain but mortify put to death so that they never rise up more and put them away that which is dead we put away for instance if there be callosities in the body their body is dead and we put it away now if thou cut into that which is quick it produces pain but if into that which is dead we are not even sensible of it so in truth is it with the passions they make the soul unclean they make the soul which is immortal passable how covetousness is said to be idolatry we have oftentimes explained for the things which do most of all lord it over the human race are these covetousness and unchasteness and evil desire for which things say cometh he saith the wrath of god upon the sons of disobedience sons of disobedience he calls them to deprive them of excuse and to show that it was because they would not be obedient that they were in that condition in the which ye also he saith walked aforetime and afterward became obedient he points them out as still in them and praises them saying but now do ye also put away all these anger wrath malice railing shameful speaking but against others he advanced his discourse under the head of passion and railing he means revilings just as under wrath he means wickedness and in another place to shame them he says for we are members one of another he makes them out to be as it were manufacturers of men casting away this one and receiving that he spoke of a man's members here he saith all he spoke of his heart wrath mouth blasphemy eyes fornication covetousness hands and feet lying the understanding itself and the old mind one royal form it hath that namely of christ they whom he has in view appear to me rather to be of the gentiles for like as earth being but sand even though one part be greater another less losing its own previous form doth afterwards become gold and like as wool of whatever kind it be receiveth another aspect and hides its former one so truly is it also with the faithful forbearing he saith one another he showeth what is just thou forbearest him and he thee and so he says in the epistle to the galatians bear ye one another's burdens and be ye thankful he saith for this is what he everywhere especially seeks the chiefest of good things give we thanks then in all things whatever may have happened for this is thankfulness for to do so in prosperity indeed is no great thing for the nature of the circumstances of itself impels one thereto but when being in extremities we give thanks then it is admirable for when in circumstances under which others blaspheme and exclaim discontentedly we give thanks see how great philosophy is here first thou hast rejoiced god next 
thou hast shamed the devil thirdly thou hast even made that which hath happened to be nothing for all at once thou both givest thanks and god cuts short the pain and the devil departs for if thou have exclaimed discontentedly he as having succeeded to his wish standeth close by thee and god as being blasphemed leaveth thee and thy calamity is heightened but if thou have given thanks he as gaining naught departs and god as being honoured requites thee with greater honour and it is not possible that a man who giveth thanks for his evils should be sensible of them for his soul rejoiceth as doing what is right forthwith his conscience is bright it exults in its own commendation and that soul which is bright cannot possibly be sad of countenance but in the other case along with the misfortune conscience also assails him with her lash whilst in this she crowns and proclaims him nothing is holier than that tongue which in evils gives thanks to god truly in no respect doth it fall short of that of martyrs both are alike crowned both this and they for over this one also stands the executioner to force it to deny god by blasphemy the devil stands over it torturing it with executioner thoughts darkening it with despondencies if then one bear his griefs and give thanks he has gained a crown of martyrdom for instance is her little child sick and doth she give god thanks this is a crown to her what torture so bad that despondency is not worse still it doth not force her to vent forth a bitter word it dies again she hath given thanks she hath become the daughter of abraham for if she sacrificed not with her own hand yet was she pleased with the sacrifice which is the same she felt no indignation when the gift was taken away again is her child sick she hath made no amulets it is counted to her as martyrdom for she sacrificed her son in her resolve for what even though those things are unavailing and a mere cheat and mockery still there were nevertheless those who persuaded her that they do avail and she chose rather to see her child dead than to put up with idolatry as then she is a martyr whether it be in her own case or in her son's that she hath thus acted or in her husband's or in any others of her dearest so is that other one an idolatrous for it is evident that she would have done the sacrifice had it been allowed her to do sacrifice yea rather she hath even now performed sacrifice for these amulets though they who make money by them are for ever rationalizing about them and saying we call upon god and do nothing extraordinary and the like and the old woman is a christian says he and one of the faithful the thing is idolatry art thou one of the faithful sign the cross say this i have for my only weapon this for my remedy and other i know none tell me if a physician should come to one and neglecting the remedies belonging to his art should use incantation should we call that man a physician by no means 
for we see not the medicines of the healing art so neither in this case do we see those of christianity other women again tie about them the names of rivers and venture numberless things of like nature lo i say and forewarn you all that if any be detected i will not spare them again whether they have made amulet or incantation or any other thing of such an art as this what then saith one is the child to die if he have lived through this means he did then die but if he have died without this he then lived but now if thou seest him attaching himself to harlots thou wishest him buried and sayest why what good is it for him to live but when thou seest him in peril of his salvation dost thou wish to see him live heardest thou not christ saying he that loseth his life shall find it and he that findeth it shall lose it believest thou these things or do they seem to thee fables tell me now should one say take him away to an idle temple and he will live wouldst thou endure it no she replies why because she saith he urges me to commit idolatry but here there is no idolatry but simply incantation this is the device of satan this is that wiliness of the devil to cloak over the deceit and to give the deleterious drug in honey after he found that he could not prevail with thee in the other way he hath gone this way about to stitched charms and old wives fables and the cross indeed is dishonoured and these charms preferred before it christ is cast out and a drunken and silly old woman is brought in that mystery of ours is trodden under foot and the imposture of the devil dances wherefore then saith one doth not god reprove the aid from such sources he hath many times reproved and yet hath not persuaded thee he now leaveth thee to thine error for it saith god gave them up unto a reprobate mind these things moreover not even a greek who hath understanding could endure a certain demagogue in athens is reported once to have hung these things about him when a philosopher who was his instructor on beholding them rebuked him expostulated satirized made sport of him for in so wretched a plight are we as even to believe in these things why saith one are there not now those who raise the dead and perform cures yes then why i say why are there not now those who have a contempt for this present life do we serve god for hire when man's nature was weaker when the faith had to be planted there were even many such but now he would not have us to hang upon these signs but to be ready for death why then clingest thou to the present life why lookest thou not on the future and for the sake of this indeed canst bear even to commit idolatry but for the other not so much as to restrain sadness for this cause it is that there are none such now because that future life hath seemed to us honourless seeing that for its sake we do nothing whilst for this there is nothing we refuse to undergo and why too that other farce 
ashes and soot and salt and the old woman again brought in a farce truly and a shame and then an eye say they hath caught the child where will these satanical doings end how will not the greeks laugh how will they not jibe when we say unto them great is the virtue of the cross how will they be won when they see us having recourse to those things which themselves laugh to scorn was it for this that god gave physicians and medicines what then suppose they do not cure him but the child depart whither will he depart tell me miserable and wretched one will he depart to the demons will he depart to some tyrant will he not depart to heaven will he not depart to his own lord why then grievest thou why weepest thou why mournest thou why lovest thou thine infant more than thy lord is it not through him that thou hast this also why art thou ungrateful dost thou love the gift more than the giver but i am weak she replies and cannot bear the fear of god well if in bodily evils the greater covers the less much rather in the soul fear destroyed fear and sorrow sorrow was the child beautiful but be it what it may not more beauteous is he than isaac and he too was an only one was it born in thine old age so too was he but is it fair well however fair it may be it is not lovelier than moses who drew even barbarian eyes unto a tender love of him and this too at a time of life when beauty is not yet disclosed and yet this beloved thing did the parents cast into the river thou indeed both seest it laid out and deliverest it to the burying and goest to its monument but they did not so much as know whether it would be food for fishes or for dogs or for other beasts that prey in the sea and this they did knowing as yet nothing of the kingdom nor of the resurrection but suppose it is not an only child but that after thou hast lost many this also hath departed but not so sudden is thy calamities as was job's and his was of sadder aspect it is not when a roof has fallen in it is not as they are feasting the while it is not following on the tidings of other calamities but was it beloved by thee but not more so than joseph the devoured of wild beasts but still the father bore the calamity and that which followed it and the next to that he wept but acted not with impiety he mourned but he uttered not discontent but stated those words saying joseph is not simeon is not and will ye take benjamin away all these things are against me seest thou how the constraint of famine prevailed with him to be regardless of his children and doth not the fear of god prevail with thee as much as famine weep i do not forbid thee but aught blasphemous neither say nor do be thy child what he may he is not like abel and yet not of this kind did adam say although that calamity was a sore one that his brother should have killed him but i am reminded of others also that have killed their brothers when for instance 
absalom killed amnon the eldest born and king david loved his child and sat indeed in sackcloth and ashes but he neither brought soothsayers nor enchanters although there were such then as saul shows but he made supplication to god so do thou likewise as that just man did so do thou also the same words say thou when thy child is dead i shall go to him but he will not come to me this is true wisdom this is affection however much thou mayest love thy child thou wilt not love so much as he did then for even though his child were born of adultery yet that blessed man's love of the mother was at its height and he knew that the offspring shares the love of the parents and so great was his love towards it that he even wished it to live though it would be his own accuser but still he gave thanks to god what thinkest thou did rebecca suffer when his brother threatened jacob and she grieved not her husband but bade him send her son away when thou hast suffered any calamity think on what is worse than it and thou wilt have a sufficient consolation and consider with thyself what if he had died in battle what if in fire and whatsoever our sufferings may be let us think upon things yet more fearful and we shall have comfort sufficient and let us ever look around us on those who have undergone more terrible things and if we ourselves have ever suffered heavier calamities so doth paul also exhort us as when he saith ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin and again there hath no temptation taken you but such as man can bear be then our sufferings what they may let us look round on what is worse for we shall find such and thus shall we be thankful and above all let us give thanks for all things continually for so both these things will be eased and we shall live to the glory of god and obtain the promised good things whereunto may we all attain through the grace and love toward man etc end of homily eight